Engaged and Inspired Podcast. A simple warning, we may drop an F-bomb or other descriptive words just in case you have small children with you or are at work. We know many of you are planning right now from your cubicle. You've been warned. The Engaged and Inspired Podcast. And now your hosts, Kia and DJ Sam. Be Engaged and Inspired Podcast. She is Kia. And I'm DJ Sam. Most of that's true. Let's be honest, planning a wedding can be difficult. Here at Be Engaged and Inspired, we'll share our knowledge to help you navigate these tricky waters. And most importantly, hopefully, leave you inspired. Absolutely. So any uh, Wednesday tip you can start us off with? Absolutely. The Wedding Tip Wednesday is shared. It's a post that's shared every Wednesday on the Be Engaged and Inspired podcast Facebook group page. And now, here is your Wedding Tip Wednesday. (laughs) (laughs) Get a photo wrangler. What is a photo wrangler, you may ask? I know. You do? I do. Well, I'm going to tell our listeners. A photo wrangler is a family member who's designated to help the photographer wrangle people. That is, when aunts, uncles, cousins. cousins second cousins. Yeah, third cousins. Third cousins. Rounds removed. Need to get into that picture. Or they need to remove that third cousin. Oh, yes. <laughs> or the drunk uncle. We need to... F- Get all those people together as quickly as possible. And if you designate a family member who is not in the bridal party, correct, but who is a good organizer, then that person, when told, hey, this shot is coming up, yep. they can get that person together. It really does speed things up. And also, typically, uh, photo wranglers feel comfortable saying, no, get out of the line of the bar. We need you now. Whereas a professional, they might be like, uh-huh, that's a really nice idea, but they won't necessarily come with me. Exactly. <laughs> so we're going to talk about something that has come up because obviously we've just been in full wedding season. It's called experience. And what you can do with it. <laughs> so I know that like Sam, you and I have worked in some locations and there's one location without using its name. You know that when you're going to go work in this venue, you like to be set up with a very specific ceremony here, cocktail hour here, reception. And that's because I know what the acoustics are going to be like. I'm also going to know how much power uh, cords or cables that I need to run or whether I need to go wireless or Mm -hmm. not. Uh, And these things I know because I have the experience. I've been to that facility before and I know exactly what it's going to take to make that event be right. Correct. Or be what the couple has been asking for. And of course, obviously, you're always happy to work with a couple and make some changes and things but like I know one of the other things that um, I sort of hate and I know that you do too is sort of seeing like a DJ walking with a big gigantic speaker like through a cocktail hour and then plopping it down and then starting cocktail hour music even though everybody's already in cocktail hour Right. That's one thing from a DJ's perspective that you should never do. You should already have quoted the client for uh, a system for the ceremony, a system for the cocktail hour, and a system for the reception in the Mm -hmm. ballroom. That way you're not breaking down and resetting everything up, walking through the guests (laughs) and and trying to uh, set up a, a speaker. Now, a novice is going to do that because they obviously, maybe they can't afford the equipment. True. Uh, So when you hire a novice, you have to be prepared for that. But with an experienced professional, they will already have known ahead of time, well, you're in this particular facility, so you are going to need three different setups. And you tell that to the clients up front so the client is aware there's going to be an additional cost with a novice that novice may not even know that and not tell the client at all until it comes to the day before or the day of then they realize well i don't have three different setups i'm gonna have to 
set up for the ceremony, set mm-hmm. up again for the cocktail hour, and that's going to cause a lot of disturbance to your guests, and that's going to be a problem that you know you didn't figure out yeah. ahead of time. And I mean, like I said, everybody has, has to get their start somewhere, and these are things that you learn as you keep going. And how did I know that? Because yeah. I had to start somewhere, <laughs> and I learned it through experience. But also, part of that is, so when you're dealing with somebody who is coming in price-wise significantly less than all of the other professionals who are doing this, that might be one of the reasons they're coming in less. Yes. It's because they're only going to be bringing in one speaker or whatever, and if you don't have cocktail hour music that sort of draws people away from ceremony, especially if you're an all-in-one place, you know, people sort of wander and they're like, where where do we go next? But music yeah. pulls them to where we need them to go. I mean, yeah. the bar does too, let's be honest. <laughs> Absolutely. But, but the music should be playing where that bar is. Right. So in this situation, the ceremony would end, the music would be turned off. Yes. And then magically... The music starts over at the other side. Other side. So <laughs> your guests know to move to that direction. Mm-hmm. Music is a very powerful thing. And if it it's is? used in the right medium, it can re- really lead your guests to what they're supposed to do next. And the other thing is, is that it's, you know, it, it helps your, like you said, it leads them to the next part of it. But it also makes people realize we have to move to the next stage. Yeah. Because if when there is a break and someone's running past you with a speaker and like trying to rehook it up, you're not really sure. Should you be going and standing next to the bride and groom and trying to take photos? Should you be at the bar? Should you be eating? You know, those are all things that people don't think of. I also think sometimes when you're interacting with a novice, they may not know necessarily how to set something up. (laughs) I'm not saying I always know how to set things up, but um, as you know, I'm setting up for a very large wedding and we were trying to figure out different clever ways um, with General Eclectic Rentals to figure out how to set up a pretty complicated lantern system not like paper lanterns but more like a moroccan feel and we had to test it in our office all right you didn't test it the day of no you mean you actually tested it beforehand i know i you know my experience has taught me that i don't want to be underneath the tent sobbing as things are falling down because you know you can't hook them up correctly right so what did you do then so we created something that can hold all of these lanterns but still put them at different heights and because in a tent when you have slopes you know, when you're pulling those wires across to like, which are safety wires, basically, that you can attach to, like a chandelier has to be attached to something. But a lot of little metal lanterns, I don't think we should have those falling on guests. Right. So we had to we had to create a different mechanism, I'm not going to share our ingenious plan. Right. But right. I'm just saying, this is one of the things where, you know, if you're working with someone who has not either been at the site or is trying something new, there is no shame in saying, hey, is this something that you've done before? Exactly. And that's one of the reasons I do site inspections when I've never been to a facility uh, ever before. Because I don't want to get there on the day and find out that there's no power or I need power from a, a 200-foot extension cable. Yep. So going in, knowing this type of stuff, a novice wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. They would just book the event and then show up on the day and then realize, uh, well, there's no way I can get to where I am. There's no power. I need a battery-operated speaker. Well, it's just like when you're interacting with videographers and photographers, too. They come with an amazing amount of equipment, amazing amount of cameras and flashes and batteries and backup batteries and backup cards lenses lenses and devices to read those cards because they're not leaving until those cards are all being backed up it's an entire process and so if you're getting quotes that have you know a few hundred or even a few thousand dollar difference one of the things that you should be asking yourself and even asking the the vendor 
is why is there a difference in price? For a lot of professional people who do this for a living, that is, you know, having insurance, having a tax bill, which just arrived the other day here. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, yep. But has to be done. But those are parts of, you know... Being in business. Being in business. And making sure that when you're working with somebody, like you as the client are being kept safe, the venue is being kept safe, all of these things. I know we've talked about it before, but I feel like it's a conversation that I have more and more and see being discussed a lot more online. Yes. One of the things that uh, the client should have is a a checklist when they are contacting each individual vendor. Mm -hmm. You should be asking the same question from the the ones you're... Exactly. (laughs) The same question should be asked to each vendor. And when you compile it at the end, so you only maybe check three. If all three of them are saying the same thing, that you need three sets of equipment, cocktail hour, ceremony, and uh, reception ballroom system, you know that you're on the right track. Correct. But if you have one who happens to be the cheapest that says, oh, you don't need to have three different setup. I can do it for one setup and I can do it for half price. Run. I would run. Hang up the phone. Don't email them again. Well, you can email them and say, no, thank you. You don't have to ghost them instantaneously. Jeez, it's not like a bad I know, that's really bad, isn't it? A bad ex relationship. But, I mean, I think you can also say, like, oh, you know, thank you for that information, but we're really looking for something that's a little bit bigger or a little bit of a different setup. And also remember that your venue may have regu- like rules and regulations that have to be met. So this is part of this experience thing that we, we have to do just and to get through the day. Many of the vendors are not trying to rip you off no. by telling you need this, 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 and this, and you can't do it cheaper by doing it this way. It's because they have your best interest at heart and will know what that product is going to look like after using the stuff that they've said Mm -hmm. is going to make it better. Like I always say, like you don't have to order yourself like a bar arrangement of flowers because let's take the arrangement off of the arch or whatever you use during your ceremony. We can save a little bit of money right there and repurpose it, especially because flowers, they're beautiful, they're gorgeous. And no one's going to like walk over to the bar and say, I can't believe there's not an arrangement here right now. This looks horrible. I've seen that all the time where, uh, especially working with you, they'll bring the ceremony flowers and Mm -hmm. pop them down in front of me and make an arrangement in front of the DJ. Now We're trying to cover you up, but I haven't (laughs) wanted to tell you that. But that's smart. You're repurposing something that would literally be just left Mm -hmm. but But it's something that can be repurposed so when you're looking at different ways to save money sometimes the biggest mistake you can do is hire someone who doesn't have the experience to know how to like get themselves through whatever situation is ahead of you so if you're having the budget conversation or like what i like to say price point conversation is look at the smart ways where you can save money like let's say you maybe you do need all of this great equipment but maybe you decide that we only need up lighting on the dance floor or we make a different decision and you have that conversation all the time too is saying Saying, you know, I understand you have a price point. We can try to like do it this way, or maybe you don't need our live musicians because right. those costs because they're people. Or uh, I just had a client uh, ask me this: maybe you can just do the cocktail hour for us. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, maybe you can just <laughs> do the reception for us. We don't need you for the cocktail hour or ceremony because those are going to be in different areas, and we'll take care of that ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's a smart way of asking your vendors how. You can but make you it still little... probably come with extra speakers. I know you. 
<laughs> I've seen your big Sam drives around in like a windowless, very scary looking big gigantic white van that's filled with speakers. And I, I just like to drive around with it fully loaded all the time, just yeah. in case a gig happens to show up. That's like I mean, I if you pulled me over right now, I could probably in my van at least throw four different themed events. And I think there's like a, a river float in there as well, just in case. Point is, is that yes, we will bring up that backup equipment, but it's a way of saving some money if the client wants to save some money. And it's experience that will tell me that, yes, you can do that event in in that particular way. Experience does make a difference. You know, one of the things that I have learned over the years what is all of the different ways that you can freaking bustle a wedding dress and how many of them snap and don't hold. And you have to like blindly be underneath this person's dress up by their butt trying to like find the clips. And of course, when your sister went with you and, and went to that trial and, and they practiced it, you guys were all sober. Nobody was crying. Everyone had a great time. Now you're like, ceremony's over. You're about ready to go into like reception, but you've also been drinking and you're also probably hot and sweaty. It's not an easy experience. There we go. Now, that's an excellent topic that we're going to discuss. I want to hear more about this. <laughs> we'll, we'll be right we'll back. We'll be right back. Be engaged and inspired. We'll be right back. Thank you for making Barabalt Jewelers your wedding jewelry destination. From your engagement to wedding day, we've got you covered with engagement rings, wedding bands, and wedding party gift ideas. We welcome you to make an appointment and visit our styling lounge in our store. Barabalt Jewelers in Glastonbury, Connecticut. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook or at barabaltjewelers.com. Live musicians, custom lighting and photo booth. When your wedding entertainment has to have the amazing music be fun, organized, and unforgettable, your choice has to be Atmosphere Production. Experience the difference. www.atmosphere-productions.com That's www.atmosphere-productions.com DJs, live musicians, custom lighting and photo booth. Atmosphere Productions. Hi, I'm Al Mashioki. I've been a father of the bride twice, and I listen to DJ Sam and Kia on the Be Engaged and Inspired podcast for all the great tips and suggestions. It's available free on iTunes Podcast and Google Play. You should listen to. Are you looking for a wedding experience like no other in Connecticut? The Inn at Mount Pleasant, situated in Torrington, is the perfect New England setting. Their historic barn and classic bed and breakfast provides you with a full wedding weekend. Custom farm tables, bistro lighting, chandeliers, and fire pits are just a few amenities. Find us at engagedct.com. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Now back to Be Engaged and Inspired with your hosts, Kia and DJ Sam. Welcome back to the Be Engaged and Inspired podcast. Now we're in the middle of discussion. Experience. And what it can tell you. (laughs) (laughs) So as I was saying, I can pretty much fix a bustle. Um, If I can't fix the bustle because something has come undone and I can't 
I mean, I can sew a button or something, but I can't always get a bride to stand still long enough to do something like that. So I've learned over the years what are appropriate type of safety pins and ones that work, like the little itty bitty ones don't hold up shit. So just letting that be said. Well, let me, why is it so difficult to bustle wedding dresses? It's a lot of fabric. I mean, remember when we spoke to uh, Lauren from Julie Allen Bridals, I mean, there's multiple layers, yeah. and if you're having lace, and depending on the weight of it. Plus, I don't think sometimes... People have really thought through what they're wearing and how they're moving and dancing and hugging and doing things. There, There's a lot of motion happening in the bottom part of a wedding dress. Right. So when it comes to bustling, yes. let's back up a little bit and I'll ask you, when is the best time to bustle that dress? I like to bustle that dress before we're headed into like introductions and first dance. But I like to start that process probably like as soon as you start allowing guests to walk into the ballroom or whatever the reception main facility is, somebody should be starting to bustle. What happens a lot of the times is like they'll be like, okay, everybody's in and we're ready to go. And they're like, well, we're still bustling because they didn't really start till just a few minutes ago. Exactly. And again, experience is going to tell you how long before mm-hmm. you need to do that. And it's one of the questions I always have when I see that dress, besides telling them how beautiful it is, because they are amazing pieces of art, oh, in my it's opinion. Artwork. But I do like saying, who knows how to bustle this? What type of bustle is this? Can I see the bustle? I try to mentally, in my own brain already, look yeah. at it before they've even, you know, put it on anything. Because it's it's not an easy thing. And there's some of them you have to tie. Some of them are clips. Some of them are tiny little buttons. And for people who have, I don't know, itty bitty fingers. So have you had the, the opportunity to do it ahead of time? I mean, is, is that what you're saying? The day before something, you practice that? Or on the day, you on just day, jump in? I just jump in because I've been doing them for so long. I can usually tell, like, is, is this What's a tie gonna... one? Is this one that has a button? Is this one that has a snap? And then, you know, sometimes gotcha. I'll look at one and I'll be like, we're going to have to reinforce this. Gotcha. And so, you know, those are the things where I can see it. I also know how to get a lot of stains out of dresses. That's an important I know thing. how to fix like a sheer dress that gets a little bit of a rip. I've even learned over the years how to fix that one. Like my, basically my van is my emergency kit <laughs> because every time like I have to figure something else out, I, I just add it to the kit. You just had something, an emergency kit. Mm-hmm. How many novice wedding planners carry a emergency kit. I'm sure they carry a cute little tiny bag like I used to. With and a I needle had, and thread. I had like a little tiny needle <laughs> thread, like the smallest pack of, you know, safety pins, a band-aid, some aspirin, some bug spray. Yep. Now, I mean, there's screws in there. There's different types of push pins, like every different type of version also to fit every single color and theme. Yep. There's different types of tapes and glues. And I know a photographer, I'm not going to mention his name, many years ago, 20 years ago. In fact, a videographer. He used to carry a cooler with um, napkins so that the bride and groom could wipe their yeah, hands. That's smart. And, and he was the videographer. Yeah. So that's experience in itself from a different vendor who he doesn't have to do that. He's nope. a videographer. But it's one of those things where, you know, I always carry aspirin because you just, somebody seems oh, like they're yeah. having a heart attack or something else. I just like, here, just chew this. Like, clear. Just clear. Here it goes. <laughs> the amount of times I've had people standing there going, oh my God, I forgot to like shave under my arms. <laughs> so I have really? disposable razors. Yes. Because a lot of times especially like a maid of honor, they've been so focused and they've got like mom and it's their sister getting married and they don't really get as much time to do the things that they want to do and they haven't really thought about it. And then all of a sudden, as they're like adjusting their dress and doing something, then they realize like, oh my God, 
and I mean, it doesn't happen every single no, time. No. But, but I've had people who've like shown up and realized like lunch was a little more garlicky than I thought. And um, we have extra toothpaste and toothbrush in there. Yeah. I mean, basically the only thing I don't have is like shampoo and conditioner because by that point in time, just forget it. But <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, like we have different types of body sprays because some people might be allergic to something and somebody might not be allergic to something. I might walk into a restroom facility that has not been cleared, you know, cared for very well. Yep. We've you need, got we've got sprays. We, yep. I mean, it's it's a, like I said, it's a, a mobile emergency kit. But the experience has taught me that if I don't have it, that's when I need it. Yes. And so you know, there's batteries. Like I've been with, I think was it with you once? You we were putting up batteries or something, and I just happened to have batteries like right next to me, and like handed them to you. I don't remember. Maybe it wasn't could you. Be. It could. But but that's one of those. Yep. You know, you yep. just don't know. Like a uh, photographer who has the experience to know where they can like set up their equipment so they can back up all the images they can do all of those things that's one of those great little you know yeah the, and the many photographers i see that uh, come along with a, a macbook and while you're having well, dinner an unnecessary plug for mac <laughs> said by an android user let's spend it do i like apple products or something is, uh, is i don't that know I, yeah there's I, one I, sitting right there's a nice beautiful samsung <laughs> galaxy <laughs> tablet sitting on this table too i'm just gonna say <laughs> just in case either one of them wants to that's sponsor right us. that's right <laughs> Uh, they're backing up the photos mm-hmm. during the, the cocktail hour or dinner. Yeah. They have an assistant and that's all their job is, is to make sure that that backs up on the computer. And now, then it's usually being backed up like another again. two or three times. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Experience has taught them that an SD card <laughs> could fail. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> How many photographers that I've worked with recently, they all they come with is the camera. Yeah. But this is part of what you said. It's, it's that they don't have the funds yet to purchase the equipment that basically is a safety net for your wedding one of the other things that we talked about experience wise is especially you and i because we've worked so much together is i have the experience to know like to walk past you and be like sam i can't find the dad dad's disappeared dad's disappeared like one assistant is trying to like double check to make sure he didn't go up into the rooms like i'm gonna need you to Gonna need you to stall it. Yeah, if it's supposed to be somewhere near the uh, father-daughter dance mm-hmm. or a father speech, then there's something that I have to do to m- keep the continuum going. Yes, as opposed to a rookie that would just stop. Well, this is what I'm supposed to do next. He's not here. What am I supposed to do? And they might not, if they don't have a planner who's there or somebody else, to tell they them may that. not realize that something has happened. And one of the oh. other great things is you have the ability. So if I do find the father, to shorten whatever you were doing and smoothly and smoothly go into the father-daughter dance so we're not wasting additional time because we don't want to waste time now i'm, I'm gonna back up on that and explain why that should never happen why because, we should never lose the dad well <laughs> sometimes they need a break sam <laughs> and they just disappear but what i'm saying what i'm trying to say is the father should be prompted before mm-hmm. that dance not only by you uh, the planner, uh, but by myself, DJ or an assistant, and make sure that they are in the room mm-hmm. before you make that announcement. That's Correct. what the DJ's responsibility is. You should never, as a DJ, make an announcement for an event to happen if you don't know that the participants are right in front of you. Correct. 
And like, as you know, sometimes photographers will take a couple out for like a sunrise photo. So we're not moving forward until we've given each other the signal like we're back. The other thing that I like to do is I like to, during dinner time, I always go just check in on the parents. Just make sure like if they need a refill on a drink or something. But I also like to tell them like, hey, we're probably like 15, 20 minutes away from like father-daughter dance or mother-son dance. So could you do me a favor? Like if you're going to go do something, do it now and then like come and tell me that you're back and they're usually always of course accommodating because experience has told you if you go over and talk to the parents and you throw that little uh, extra info in yeah that they will listen yeah as opposed to you told them a week ago Mm -hmm. they're not going to remember no and this is the same thing happens when we're at wedding rehearsals sometimes people are like can we do that again? Because we weren't listening. And I'll say, are, are we, you know, I feel like a little bit of like a meanie saying, are you going to listen this time? Or like, just like, look at the person in front of you. Look at the person behind you. This is where you should be lined up. Right. And there'll be someone here to say, please walk down. Do. And this is where you end up. Another tip to the hire an experienced person is to take control. Sometimes you have to. I might have issues with that, but that's okay. And I can only speak from a DJ's perspective, obviously. I tell my clients that I'm a reception entertainment director. I'm not just a DJ. Because on the day of your wedding reception, I have to corral and wrangle your bridal party for introductions. I know a lot of brides don't want to do introductions anymore, but the introductions need to be done in a certain manner and you need to be able to corral all the members of the bridal party so they stay in a particular order and if you are meek and if you are (laughs) mild and if you don't yell they're going to walk all over you appropriately raise my voice exactly i've been called the sergeant major (laughs) at at times i've been called things that i can't repeat but there's (laughs) a reason why we do that Mm -hmm. is because if you do that you will demand respect immediately that you know what you're doing. But the other thing is experience has told us that if we could just get through these little things that we need to do, like your wedding party and you will be able to go party significantly faster, smoother interaction. Like I always say when everybody's lined up, and I know that you say the same thing, like, hey, best man, as you're walking up, grab the drink yeah. off the table so you don't go to cheers them and then and run they, across a ballroom to pick up a drink and then run back to them and try to do that because you're toasting you yes. need a glass to toast bring so, the glass with you bring the glass yes please <laughs> bring the glass with you the other thing is is like you and i were sort of talking about it earlier today sometimes you just have to know when to just go and like go through it yeah just, just, just go just forward bowl through it sometimes there's things that you can't change um i have learned over the years through my experience, if there's family tension, that there are a lot of great creative ways to not escalate that family tension. Yep. But also, like my experience has taught me, sometimes all you have to do is just like speak to the bride and say, like, let's just step out of the room for a second. Like, let me just get you a you know glass of water or champagne or something. Let's eliminate the situation and let's not make it worse. Absolutely. I I think one of the greatest experiences that that I've had is. Playing the music at a at a wedding, and the bride has, has said, I, "I want the rest of the evening to be just a party." And you've got this great list of music, and literally, I just throw it away then, and I just bull ahead and mm-hmm. play all the songs that I know that are going to make them party. But you also know that, like, you want to slow things down just a tiny bit, so like maybe grandma will get up on the <laughs> dance floor and dance a little bit. You also sort of you can tell when the bride has like reached a point where she needs. 
Yep. Like a drink of water, I often walk by with just like a glass of water. Mm. So like I've brought you two glasses of wine, so now you at least have to drink a glass of water for me. Just trying yep. to keep you hydrated because you can tell. I mean, I've also known the experience too, and I always say this to my couples, I will remove drinks that people give them I, I oh. recommend that you drink this whole the same thing pretty much consistently all night. All yes. night. Yeah. And if you started with mimosas, you can obviously switch to whatever your drink of choice is after you've said I do. But one of the things that happens, and you know, as <clears throat> anybody who's over 21 and you learn by the time you're 30, <laughs> is that if you start mixing, because your best man is drinking like yep. whiskey sodas. Have one of these. Yeah, and somebody else is drinking the signature drink and someone's drinking this. Once you start doing that combination, and because also for some reason our couples just don't eat as much as we would like them yeah, to I, eat, I don't know why you can you'll end up being sick, and that's like the worst thing that you would want. Yeah. So we typically say like, "What's your drink of choice?" I go and make sure that the bartender know that, um, and I'll see people hand them drinks, and literally like I'll walk really quickly by the bride will hand that oh, back to me, idea. and I just go put it down. That's- if especially if it's an open bar. I know that it's a crime to waste alcohol, <clears throat> but it is one of those things that you want to be able to make it all the way through the night. And my experience has told me that for you to be able to do that, and yep. if you've paid for an after party, you're you're going to be thankful later yep. on that you didn't just yep. plow through everything that that's was given a, to you. That's some great advice. Uh, experience. It is a useful tool as a client should use when hiring a vendor. Know the experience of the person that you're hiring because that can help you. It can. And as a parting tip, or I guess a little parting story, I was at a wedding rehearsal. Uh, the groom, we were sort of discussing how his parents were going to get down the aisle. Um, they're having a family member <laughs> officiate it. And, you know, he said, oh, I hadn't thought about it. How are they going to get here? So we went through like a different set of circumstances. And he says to me, are you sure? And then he stopped and he apologized. And he said, of course you're sure. He's like, this is my first wedding. I don't know why I'm questioning you. <laughs> He's like, I don't even know how many you've like done this year. That experience has told me, how we can get mom down the aisle this way. We can get mom down the aisle this way. She can walk alone. She can walk with like family members. There's all these things that are stuck in our heads. And I think one one of the reasons we do this podcast. Yeah. And I sometimes ask my grooms just before the ceremony, you know, is everything okay? Are you nervous? And they're like, oh God, I'm so nervous. I don't know what to do. And I'll say, you know what? I've been doing this 35 plus years, 40 years. And I still get nervous before every ceremony. You you then see the calmness mm-hmm. come over their face, understanding that somebody that does this every single weekend still gets nervous. And yes, I get nervous. I'm human. I, I, I make mistakes. And I tell to the, the group, if you make a mistake, just keep going. No one else will know. <laughs> like no one will know if the cocktail napkins are not the right cocktail napkins because they didn't arrive on time. Nobody's going to know. No one's going to know. And you can't cry about it because it's a stupid thing to cry about. But yes. So when you're looking at your vendors, understand that if you're what you're looking at is their experience, um, their professionalism, and there's no problem working with somebody who's new, but understand that there might be some shortcomings and that may cause you to have a maybe not as smooth wedding. And the things that you're nervous about may be escalated a little bit up if you're not having that type of peace of mind. Absolutely. And I still wake up the night before the wedding. I'm sure I'm up exactly at the same time as that, whoever our couple is. Thinking about all the things that could happen. It can go wrong, yeah. We do it to ourselves. We do it, but that's why we love it. So remember, you can download us for free off of iTunes. We're also on Google Play. We're here every single Wednesday. Yes, we are. And we look forward to having you come back next week. We'll see you next time. The Engaged and Inspired Podcast 
is copyright and produced by Atmosphere Productions in association with Engage Connecticut. Mm-hmm.